0: This is Unrolling E-Commerce. On today's episode, how ambitious brands are thinking of the future of e-commerce.
1: As Google starts to roll out things like shopping actions, as they prioritize that, what do brands like T Public and others, what do we do? Do we play ball with Google shopping actions? Uh, do we start selling on Amazon, which would then basically kill a lot of brand equity that we have? That's the future that we're debating.
2: It's an opportunity to capitalize more on the direct sales, the online channels, and really, really make a, a true go out of that as this continues. You know, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a permanent shift than everyone expects, and you know, the online trend will continue.
3: Getting onto Shopify was a game changer. I'm not like paid or sponsored by them at all, but um, having our website platform on there is uh, next level as far as trying to run an online business. So the website upgrade got the paid advertising. Got a creative team on board to really try and figure out what dope looks like
0: it's estimated that there'll be over 2 billion global digital buyers in 2020 there are millions of consumers right now creating and reinforcing new online shopping behaviors and habits consumers are more motivated than ever to stay at home and shop online creating the ideal market conditions to fast track test and launch new experience-driven apps and touch points across websites and platforms. So what's in store for the future of e-commerce? In this episode, we'll chat with ambitious brands about how they're thinking about the future of online shopping. Home and garden e-commerce is seeing a surge in both site traffic and online sales. We caught up with Goodenbed, an omnichannel premium quality bedding company, CEO and co founder Sebastian Morales chatted about e commerce and increasing direct sales in 2020.
2: So, you know, we're Omnichannel. And by Omnichannel, I mean, you know, we have direct sales, which is good and bad. But, you know, we also have wholesales and like retail distribution. So, you know, on the direct sales side, we've seen a massive jump. And that has been the biggest uh, increase for us. On the retail distributions, you know we haven't seen any new orders. Everyone's closed. It makes a lot of sense. so we, we think that uh, continue. On the wholesale, you know we partner with uh, big retailers such as Wayfair and Walmart, and we have seen an uptick in sales on the online dropship model with them. So mm-hmm. I think you know this is kind of turning more towards like the online sales as the traditional storefront retails are closed. I'll say really the biggest challenge for us has been the uncertainty. And what I mean by that is the uncertainty for us to be able to connect the people to the product itself with disrupted supply chains. You know, the second for us has been our ability to manufacture, you know, without products, there's no customers. So navigating manufacturing at the same time, you know, maintaining safety, social distancing guidelines has, you know, required a lot of creative engineering on the factory side Like I said, you know, we have had a significant uptick in direct sales. And the customer outreach for us has maybe almost tripled or more than tripled, I'd say. Like contacts on Instagram, it's like, hey, do you guys still have this color or, you know, all this? So, you know, we've kind of like been bombarded in in direct requests. And dealing with the sheer volume while delivering quality interactions has just proven to be... A lot and it just required overhauling all our previous guidelines for that we think that this is a great opportunity for you know people like us who necessarily have the manufacturing capacity and can really increase our direct sales just you know we've just never seen this kind of outreach before so i think it's an opportunity to capitalize more on the direct sales the online channels um and really really make a a true go out of that as uh As this continues, you know, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a permanent shift than everyone expects. Even if there is some sort of reopening, it's going to be phased. And, you know, the online trend will continue.
0: U.S. consumers will spend over $709 billion on e-commerce in 2020. The apparel and accessories category is typically the second largest in e-commerce, but this year will only grow 8.6% as consumers shift spending away from non-essential purchases. Adam Lasky from TeePublic shared insights on the apparel e-commerce trends he's seeing and discussed the long-term influence of Google Shopping and Merch by Amazon on fashion and apparel e-commerce.
1: I I believe that we are approaching the end of of this bubble. And then the question is, once this pops does this search demand or does this you know apparel demand what have you whatever vertical you're in does it revert to the mean which is people go back to physical retail does physical retail take back what they what they lost or is there some segment of the population that you know realized hey i like shopping online i'm going to continue shopping online Uh, and then what are those then effects for those physical retailers do they pivot to a more digital presence if so how much of the market are they going to try to grab um and so instead of thinking about direct competitors uh in a narrow sense does that then open up to thinking about i don't know macy's or Coals or what have you, um, in, in, instead of just thinking about Amazon or Etsy or or you know traditional e-commerce brands. So that's one of the things that that I'm looking at, and it, it you know it's it's up for debate. I don't know what what is going to happen or, or how long this is going to last. I think something that I touched on a little earlier. I think long term, this pandemic has accelerated Google's plans to take back some of the market from Amazon because, you know, merch by Amazon uh, left for, for a bit. There was a vacuum that was created. And so I think Google really stepped in with this uh, free uh, shopping space. And again, like it, it becomes a, a matter of how much collateral damage will there will there be with, with other brands um, as Google and Amazon, you know, fight it out. That is, yeah that's up for debate but that's one of the trends that i'm that i'm seeing as google starts to roll out things like you know shopping actions and prioritizing the the customer experience on google and users don't have to leave google to purchase something um as they prioritize that uh what do brands like t public and others like what do we do do we play ball with google shopping actions uh do we start selling on amazon Uh, which would then basically kill a lot of brand equity that we have. Yeah, that's the future that we're we're debating.
0: Travel spending in the United States will fall by more than half a trillion dollars in 2020 and likely won't recover to 2019 levels until 2024. That's according to a new economic analysis of the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic by the U.S. Travel Association. Of course, global stats and trends will be different, but I feel confident in saying there'll be a rise in staycations this year. Pegasus Solutions serves the worldwide hotel and travel industry with a medley of technological services. Here's Gina Shirokizek, Associate Director of Digital Marketing.
4: E-commerce for travel in particular, as opposed to the entirety of the travel space. But for Mm -hmm. e-commerce, I think this time has really allowed us to simplify a lot of what we're doing. Um, ultimately, innovation is in Pegasus's blood and also in the hospitality space. There's definitely no mistake why uh, the company exists in the way that it does, because ultimately innovation is, is such a big, big part of what we do and what we want to provide. Um, and with that innovation, there's a balance with efforts that we know are tried and true and tested and, and are, are going to be revenue generating tactics for us. So it's kind of reaffirmed a lot of what we knew in terms of the efforts that work and the messaging that works. Um, What it's given us an opportunity to do is to be able to to expand on that and see if there's anything different, you know? Um, But outside of that, as far as like how all of this will impact the travel space um, and what the industry will look like, it'll definitely remain to be seen. Um, I think maybe what this will Going back to what we said about staycations and things like that, it'll help people be able to see how they can broaden their own horizons even in a, in a closer space without necessarily having to, to go very far. Whether that benefits the travel industry or not, that'll also remain to be seen. But at least from like a personal perspective, um, that'll help people kind of get a feel for how they can explore within their own, you know, space.
0: One of our favorite questions for direct-to-consumer brands recently is, what would you do differently if you could rewind and start the year over? Not surprisingly, e-commerce insights and integrating Shopify has come up time and time again. Kelsey Marira, the founder of Dope, a delicious raw cookie dough straight to your doorstep, talked through what she would have done differently and what she's learned from 2020.
3: I mean, knowing what I know now about e-commerce, I probably would have said, start selling online sooner. Cause that was always, we sold online. Like there's probably some people that we we have in our network still who bought from us when it was like early days, we used to send like one package a week. Cause it was just on the website, but we never really talked about it much. So I'd probably say focus on that, but it's an interesting world to learn about paid advertising. Cause I sort of thought like, well, okay, if you have say like $50,000 budget and you could just put it out and you'll get this amount back and it's perfect science. Right. And that's just, what's going to happen. Um, it's not quite like that. It's like this slow grow. So it, it was very rapid in terms of what's happened over the last six months in total. Uh, but off the start, you know, it was still um, seemed smaller scale and seemed like it wasn't going to be big enough, but enough focus on, Um, You know, really getting the right paid advertising team uh, behind you that gets your brand, knows how to talk about it, getting really good creative. We've hit some walls and some learnings with like what creative would have been more helpful from the start. Um, It's kind of a learn as you go thing in some sense. But, uh, you know, knowing that video content does perform so much better on uh, social platforms for paid media, um, we were lacking in that area. I think we ran the Shark Tank clip to death. So I'm sorry if anyone got like hounded with that. Um, That wasn't my call. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's just it's been a learning process on that end. Um, Getting on to Shopify was a game changer. I'm not like paid or sponsored by them at all. But um, having our website platform on there is uh, next level as far as trying to run an online business. We were um, formerly on Weebly, um, now owned by Square and there's a lot of changes and a lot of things that they're looking to roll out uh, and or have rolled out recently but i was on a um older generation version of weebly and had built the site myself back in 2017 so all in all it was just time for an upgrade so the website upgrade got the paid advertising got a creative team on board to really try and figure out what dope looks like in photos how we want that to come across and um yeah it can only go up from here
0: what's it like to grow your e-commerce business during a crisis How do you build your brand, tools, and advertising to engage your online customers and boost your e-commerce store? Volcanica Coffee launched in 2004 in Maurice Contreras' garage. He shares his experience of keeping up with the demand of online orders in 2020.
5: So in the last two months, we've been doing three times our volume from last year, just to give you an idea. So we took our production in-house back in November and hired a bunch of employees and all the equipment. And then... Then Christmas came, which was expected very big. Then with this pandemic, um, we actually were benefits of it because Starbucks closed, retail stores closed, a lot of coffee shops closed. Um, and, uh, you know, people started scrambling for coffee um, online and uh, we we filled the void. We we kept up, I will tell you, we <laughs> we didn't we didn't lose anything, but uh, we could have done better. But it was, just, you know. <laughs> Right now, it's at the point of, let's take our brand to the next level. The goal is for us to be a national consumer brand that people will know who we are, um, you know, with name recognition. I think we have all the tools in place for that. You know, our plan is just to hit the accelerator and just keep driving. Now's the time really to, you know, to take advantage of that. We just launched a new website yesterday. We moved to shopify we were with big commerce that gave us a lot more enhancements but we did launch it yesterday early results are phenomenal it's amazing big increases in advertising both on general web and also on amazon advertising and i engaged agencies to help with that we're about to um move to new bags next week which have a uh, instead of a a tin tie to seal, it's going to have a Ziploc, you know, so it's, it's just a better presentation, more consumer-friendly bag. Um, we're also moving to a touchless environment, you know, now with COVID-19 and and we, we see it's really important. So we've invested in a robot that's being manufactured right now as we speak. We hope to get delivery next month where it's basically going to grab a bag, fill it with coffee, seal it. So boosting branding, boosting, uh, sales um, you know, through, through targeted uh, web advertising, boosting our productivity, production um, capabilities. Last week we became Kosher certified. It's, it's kind of interesting as the business grows of like, okay, what else do I need to stop doing and outsource or hire somebody to do? I keep on saying this to myself, it's just, and it's a, it's a mistake entrepreneurs make, is that you're you, you're working in the business, not working on the business. Yeah, everything's on track. I mean, the the, the the cost of acquisition is is still low, and didn't want the budget to to restrict things, especially when we're testing and we're trying to to to, to get more data. You know, it's okay to spend more money, but uh, it's been pretty good. And part of it is a lot of it has to do with this pandemic right now. So it's very unusual. You know, I mean, and because of that shutdown, I'm seeing a resurgence of sales. If Starbucks starts closing, then, uh, you know, sales are really going to go up more because it did drop off a little bit once Starbucks started opening back up. To stand
0: out in the direct-to-consumer sphere, many leading brands have integrated guided quizzes. In fact, 70% of top direct-to-consumer brands offered a product quiz to ensure maximum personalization. These quizzes average to be about nine questions in length, and 60% let potential customers take the quiz before creating an account. Quizzes tend to take the place of an interaction a customer would have with a sales associate at an actual store. Co-founder and CEO of Catch, Kristen Anderson, explains how they have developed their online questionnaire to not only be easy and approachable but an opportunity to build a connection with their customers.
6: Yeah, we're actually in the process of uh, relaunching our onboarding. So I'm really excited about it. So anyone who signs up today is probably going to see something a little bit different than people who sign up in a week. Um, But it's the same basic structure, which is to be really conversational and to really ask people questions that they know the answer to. Again, I think sometimes the downfall in financial services apps is they ask you questions that you're like, how would I ever know that? Like, there was one product that I tested out that was trying to help get people a quote for life insurance. And it started out by saying, what do you estimate inflation to be for the next 35 years? <laughs> like, There's no way I can answer that question. I have a degree in economics and I don't even know where to start on that one. Right. So I think reframing those onboarding questions and just helping people say like, You know, how do you feel about your retirement savings? you feel like you have enough saved right now? Do you have children? Like a lot of the questions for benefits and the sort of financial products you need to be financially healthy uh, revolve around whether or not you have kids. So let's ask people those questions that they know an answer to off the top of their head and make it really easy to get started. Because I think that that also does some of the like demystifying to help show you that like, you know, if you don't have children, if you don't have large debts, you know, You may not need life insurance right now, and that's okay. And you can trust us more because we're actually going to say to you, you don't need this product, right? Don't sign up for something you don't need. Focus on these other things that you do need, paying down your student debt, maybe refinancing it, and then, like, you can make those decisions in the context of, like, having had – Call it a quiz, call it a you know a personality quiz of like, what's your flavor of benefit? But uh, that really helps like sort of centralize people in the custom recommendations that make sense for their life. And I think really importantly, and I think the, the power of catch over time is, is that the products work together, right? Like a lot of times we think of these as like separate things like there's health insurance over here and there's taxes over here, but your annual income and what you end up paying on your sort of adjusted gross income after taxes can impact the credits that you get for health insurance. And so like those things like being in the same ecosystem, it's, it's completely like logical. And the fact that they're not right now is something that we've sort of been trained by banks and stuff like that, who like separate all these things out into separate product lines. And they're completely, like, they don't speak to each other. They don't like act with any intelligence. When in reality, like your, you know, your future retirement, your tax savings now, your health insurance tax credits, like all of those things like really should be very connected because I mean, that's what a safety net is supposed to do.
0: Thanks to Good Embed, Public, Pegasus, Dope, Volcanica Coffee, and Catch.co for featuring in this episode. Links to all of the companies can be found in the show notes. If you want to read, hear, and see more, go to adroll.com forward slash resources. We have everything you may need for your ambitious brand. You can follow us on social media. Just search for Adroll on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok.